cast for magic. We come to the Pope on Film podcast to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. All of us. That indescribable feeling we get, which I'm describing literally right now. So how describable are we talking about here? That indescribable feeling we get when the Liz a Day theme song begins to play and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. <laughs> Dazzling images on a small Twitch stream, stream, sound that is sound, somehow, Amaland horse erotica feels good in a podcast like this. Bunny Williams feels like the stoned parts of us, and May Lynn feels perfect and powerful because here they are. The Pope on Film podcast. We make movies better. on film i am bunny williams and with me is good job getting a spanish poster i i yeah i was Fuck, I'm different just noticing tonight, that but... that's fucking awesome yeah <laughs> i like that i am the pope in question my name is reverend may lynn I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 467 of the podcast. And today, today's episode is going to be a fun game where we see if I can finish the podcast before the edible that I took, which I now realize was way too huge, uh, turns me into a uh, babbling lunatic. So, we'll see that what happens. That always makes for a fun show. Yeah, 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 I guess. For everyone else. Meanwhile, I'm traveling through time. Uh, Bunny. Yes. How are you? You good? I, I am I am pretty good. I am pretty good. good. But I do have a, a very important question I feel I need to ask you. Um, okay. You... you have been transitioning for like how long now? Um, I have been trans. Well, 
I've been trans for over two years, but specifically this Monday will be week 76 on estrogen. Okay. So now in that time, have you yet learned to do that thing where you have your shirt on that you get in there and you undo your bra and shoot it out the armhole? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Let me tell you I, about I, I, why I, fe- I became... I felt suddenly that that was a pretty vital question that, that I needed to know. Thank you. Let me tell you about how I became trans. It's a really simple story. I was a conservative Christian until one day when I was 14, I heard one share CD. And suddenly I went, I'm gay as fuck now. I'm going to become a woman for the rest of my life. That's how it works. That's why I'm so happy that conservatives are boycotting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year. Yes. How because awesome if anything, is that? If anything, that's going to make people watch the Macy's Parade more. As it is, hardly any... I, I feel like it's not the most popular show in the world, but, man, people are really going to be watching the Macy's Parade if conservatives are boycotting it. When, when have they really boycotted something where they did not wind up making it more popular? I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. But I am super excited for conservatives to be boycotting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year because I love the Macy's Parade. I mean, isn't... I love Thanksgiving. Isn't this all just an extension of Silent Night, Deadly Night? Basically. You know? Let's get out there Garbage and protest and make this horrible movie a big fucking hit. Yeah. So uh, we will be talking about Eli Roth's Thanksgiving in just a bit, but buddy, Yes. It's time once again for our podcast to start, and what better way to start than by doing it in style with the podcast segment that is sweeping the nation, Jeff, Jeff. a.k.a. The Betty White Memorial Podcast segment brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Download today, or as the kids like calling it, T-B-W-M-P-S-B-T-Y-B-R-S-L-D-T, which is, you know, that's just the easier way to say it. Yeah. The easier way. Cat, Cat, I need you to move, okay? You're ruining my lighting, all right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna that. Sorry, cat. There you go. Okay. And let's start Jeff off with something that we haven't done in quite a long time. Are we so Jeff and excited. off? Huh? Are we Jeff and off? Yes. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna Jeff off first with a bit of hope on film wrestling news. Okay. I feel like it's been a while since we've a look into the behind-the-scenes world of professional wrestling. So I'm excited about that. And uh, this time around, it's a big-time doozy. Once this happened, the first thing that I said was, I'm going to talk about this with Bunny on the podcast. So, um, Billy Corgan. Okay. The Smashing Pumpkins dude? 
yes, the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins. First off, uh, wrestling fans know this, but if you don't know the ins and outs of professional wrestling, this might come as a shock. I try to say it to people as much as possible. Billy Corgan, the bald lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins, has been a wrestling promoter for about a decade now. Okay. He he owns really? he he owns the legendary NWA uh wrestling alliance. And he oftentimes is on camera as the, you know, the the Vince McMahon, the the evil the boss, you know, it's it's weird for people who don't know wrestling, but if you are talking to wrestling fans, they say Billy Corgan, yeah, NWA. But then you go to someone who doesn't know the ins and outs of professional wrestling, and they're like, wait, you mean to tell me the fucking guy from Smashing Pumpkins yeah. is a Vince McMahon? He's like a tiny Vince McMahon, because the NWA isn't that big. It's an indie wrestling promotion with a long history, but he's been working Billy Corgan on revitalizing NWA and okay, trying okay. to wait, make wait, it... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so I got a little confused because you said NWA, I heard NWO, and no and I NWA. Like and that's that's is is that really a thing that something can own? So what NWA is another wrestling promotion? Dude, I, I'm uh, rusty. Is it the one that Paul Heyman came out of? No, he came out of ECW. ECW. N NWA wrestling. Uh, the National Wrestling Alliance was first started in 1948. Ooh. Basically, back in the day, this was like if you would, they had Luthez and Vern Gagne. This was like the big thing that uh, that's like started Ric Flair's career. Okay, was his time in the NWA. So it, it's a it's a wrestling organization with a long history, but nowadays it's just another indie wrestling promotion that just happens to be run by the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. It's fucking weird. But recently, I, I, Billy well, Corgan. I, I don't has, know, man. You, you, uh, just being a wrestling fan, people would show up from time to time. So I don't find this. Any more surprising yeah. than David Arquette, Ozzy Osbourne, Cindy Lauper, uh, Muhammad Ali, I think, once, if I I'm think. not mistaken, uh, and a few others who, who have shown up and have gotten involved in, in bits and things like that. I mean, yeah. sure, this is a bit more on a grand scale, owning a promotion. Yeah. Well, he, Billy Corgan, over the past few years, since about 2017, he's been trying to revitalize NWA and make it, you know, one of the big promotions in America. And so he was about uh, about two weeks ago, he was this close to announcing a big, big announcement. And it sort of leaked that, oh, it looks like the big announcement is going to be that NWA wrestling is going to get a show on the CW. And that was the big 
rumor, and it's like, oh, yes, it's all but been confirmed. NWA will be having a weekly show on the CW. This is going to be huge for them. So then they had a pay-per-view. NWA Wrestling had a pay-per-view. I believe it was called Sam Hain, but I'm I'm not sure what the name of the pay-per-view is. I didn't bother looking it up. But in the pay-per-view, they had like this bad guy manager, and he's the head of this evil bad guy faction. And so they wanted to show that he was a bad guy. So it was Billy Corgan himself that said, okay, let's have this party. Let's have a bunch of women. Let's have him drinking. Let's have him do cocaine. And apparently that was enough for the CW to say, we have an announcement. We are getting into the wrestling business. And starting next year, CW is the home of NXT Wrestling. Okay. So basically, uh, Billy Corgan was this close to announcing a major deal. And then he had one of his bad guy wrestlers do cocaine on a pay-per-view. And so the CW said, fuck it. And they made a deal with NXT, which is uh, there's WWE SmackDown, there's WWE Raw, and then there's NXT. It's sort of the developmental brand. And so, yeah, CW said, fuck off Billy Corgan and went and made a deal with NXT Wrestling. But now it seems as if apparently the CW, they've canceled all of their shows. But, but all I gotta of their say, shows. I, I gotta say, like, like, geez, Billy Corgan, you're really out of fucking touch. The worst you could do was cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. You cocaine. Know, show them. Show him sniffing a bottle of adrenochrome. Okay? That'll do it. Have him have him do a drag show. Nice. That'll do it. That'll he do it. Cocaine. Bunny. Nobody cares anymore. Funny. I've yes. got a I've got a I've got an amazing story for you. Okay? It's a little bit of a skit. I've got an amazing story for you. Uh so I will be portraying two different people, a TV executive and then um, 80s, 70s and 80s jazz musician Bob James. Okay? Okay. 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 So here we go. It's an office. Yes, yes. Musician Bob James, come into my office and have a seat. Excited to be talking to legendary jazz pianist and, and musician Bob James. We're a big fan of yours here at ABC, the American Broadcast Channel. ABC. We're big fans of yours, Bob James. Uh, thank you. Uh, may I ask, why have you invited me here to ABC headquarters? Well, we want to talk to you about writing a song for us. You see? We have a new sitcom premiering on our network, and it's going to be a huge one. It's going to be really popular. It's going to be one of the funniest comedy sitcoms ever created, and we're calling it Taxi. And it's going to be about these down-on-their-luck taxi drivers, 
and then there's like a stupid one, and then there's like a hippie one and a foreign one. Oh, it's going to be so funny. We have such a great team. You're going to love this newcomer, young guy named Danny DeVito. Yes. You're going to love him. Oh, man. And then Andy Kaufman, he's going to be our Fonz. The person you that the kids want on their on their lunch boxes. Oh, and of course, America's sexiest man, Judd Hirsch. Yeah, going to be going to be a Danny, huge hit. Danny DeVito, so new that they got away with a joke from the first episode that they can never get away with again, and it was what? so fucking funny to me that, like, I don't remember jokes from an opening episode to a show I barely fucking watched. Yeah. But but he was Danny DeVito always sat up in that cage and yelled yeah. down at the cab drivers at least yeah. for for at least half of this first episode. And then he came out of the cage and got down on the floor with the rest of them. And it and it was a huge laugh at how short he fucking was. Yeah, yeah, couldn't do that now. Could nobody not do knew that now. He was short. Yeah, nobody knew Very Danny DeVito short. back then. Hmm? It's crazy. Nobody knew who he was back then. Yeah. Speaking of things you can never get away with now, in uh, the late eighties, early nineties, legendary hip hop group a tribe called Quest teamed up with uh, a group of young rappers called Leaders of the New School. And they got together and they decided to write a song together. And the song is called Scenario. And it's one of my favorite rap songs of all time. It's an incredible rap song. And I love it. And there's a line in there that back in the day, they would play on MTV unedited and they'd play it on the radio unedited they wouldn't bleep a thing but one of the first lines in the song um one of the members of a tribe called quest says the following i'll bust a nut inside your eye to show you where i come from yeah. and that was not censored because why would you censor that? It's just a, a man singing about cracking open some sort of walnut and it getting it in your eye. There's no other thing that that could mean. He must because be it's from like 1990. Brazil. <laughs> yeah, it's 1990 and we don't know all the porn terms yet. So we're going to be we're not going to bleep this at all. And I find that fascinating. So anyway. Uh, Bob James. Bob James. This is going to be this is going to be one of the funniest sitcoms of all time. One of the most successful sitcoms ever. It's going to be a laugh riot, and we want you to write us a theme song. Wow, me, Bob James, writing a theme song for a TV show? Oh, man, I would love to do it, and I won't let you down. If you're making the funniest sitcom of all time i'm going to write the funniest song of all time it's going to be hilarious it's going to be a laugh riot it's going to be oh bob dial it back a little bit we actually want you to do something different 
with with the theme song yeah. to taxi. We want the theme song to taxi to be a little bit different. Okay, well, I'll make it. it since this is going to be a laugh riot, people are going to be laughing so much. I'll make it an energetic theme song, and it'll be super exciting, and it'll be thrilling, and it'll get people excited to watch. Ah, bop, 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 bop. Bob, uh, back it up a little bit. You don't want to do that either. Yeah. Oh, you don't? Okay, then. Well, what type of a theme song would you like me to write for the funniest sitcom ever? I want you to write a jazz instrumental so fucking depressing that <laughs> God herself cries from the sins that are being committed by her own creation. And also call it Angela. <laughs> and there's no character named Angela in the show. Write this super depressing six-minute song that'll make people want to slit their wrists. Come and see our hilarious new show, Taxi, featuring opening credits and theme songs from the same person who thought that Suicide is Painless will be a great song for the Comedy mash. Uh-huh. Yay! You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but not a lot of podcasts tackle the important things, like uh, the theme to Taxi. Yeah. You know, we're covering the big issues here on the show. I, I, I okay. never understood go it's how so we sad. got from MASH the movie to mash the TV show. Two I mean, totally I know they things. say mash the movie was a comedy. I have never found a motherfucking thing funny about that movie. And in fact, it's mostly kind of boring. Yeah. And then you, I'm go, actually... into, then you go into the TV show, especially in the first couple of seasons, it was just a screwball comedy. Yeah, I am working on a sitcom myself. Uh, you know the uh, the Val Kilmer movie Heat? Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, well, uh, I'm making it into a hilarious workplace sitcom. Oh. So I was going to do go. that with House of a Thousand Corpses. Nice, yeah. Make yeah. it solely about working at that convenience store. Yeah. I Flash was, museum. Yeah, I was going to I was going to do a, a sitcom, a, a hilarious sitcom based on House of a Thousand Corpses where in this house there were four elderly single women who okay. ate a lot of cheesecake. And they're constantly mentioning memes. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's going to be a huge hit. Uh, Bunny, there are two things that I know to be true. Number one, that Donald J. Trump is 100% guilty of all of the crimes he's been charged with. And he's been charged with a lot. And number two, that rich people always walk away Scott fucking free. He is not going to jail at all. Oh, no. Period. It's upsetting, but it's true. 
pretty sure he's just going to get OJ. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, we found him innocent, even though we all know he did it. But not guilty. And then that's it. They he's he's not gonna go to jail. Rich white people don't go to jail. No. Well well at least they don't go to real jail. Yes, they don't go to real jail. So I'm they don't so, go to, I don't care as long as he goes to any kind of jail, it it can have a golf course. You know? Just to be able to say <laughs> that we put him in jail. You yeah. know? Here's a it, friendly. We have the tennis courts and all yeah. that. As here's, here's jail a... does. Yeah. Tommy here's, Chung. Here's a. Tommy, you, should, you should talk to Tom, Tommy Chung about that because he Tommy went Chung, to rich yeah. people's jail and he freely admits it and says, yeah, it really wasn't. You know, I did my time. It wasn't bad. And also. Snoop Dogg has given up smoking marijuana, the devil's cabbage. Yes. And this is shocking to me. The way I explained it to somebody, uh, uh, to my wife, uh, a few days ago was this would be like Tommy Chong suddenly showing up on, you know, Good Morning America going, Hey, how you doing? It's me, Tommy Chong, and I'm straight edge for life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, hey, well, have you ever read the Book of Mormon? I am yeah. hoping for, and it sounds like it's. Uh, I am also starting to hear hints about this now. But one of our one of our faithful fans from yes. the group had said that that one they had heard that he poffies. might be uh, one of our poffies. One our That's one of name. our poffies. Yeah. Um, yeah, said that he. There's a rumor that he may be coming out with a line of edibles. Funny. I asked this to my wife. So that would be, um, yeah. I asked this to my wife, and I'm going to ask it to you, because I I find this to be a challenging question. Out of 100, what do you think the percentage is, the chance? What do you think the chance is that Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart have done it? Literally, honestly, this isn't a podcast bit. This it. isn't me being funny. Legitimately, what do you think are the chances that they fuck? A- an easy 80. An eighty? Easy okay. 80. I was thinking 50. I, I was thinking be, 50 because they have no doubt. Like, into higher. Yeah? Okay. Because I think no doubt that they've partied before. They've had a little bit to drink, maybe a little bit to smoke, and you know, shit happens. I, they have an incredible chemistry. I think they might have done it. And and I hope this is not racist for me to say. Oh, we're I delving into Snoop some territory Dogg, here. If huh? I was Snoop Dogg, Martha Stewart is like the white woman. You know, yeah, she is. She is like the the. She was a Karen. She is a reformed Karen, but she was a totally a fucking Karen. I would have to tap that just for that reason alone. I would have to. Tap yeah, that. yeah. It, that's like that must be like. 
you're a hunter and you see like a white elephant. Yeah. That's Martha Stewart. And I think there's a chance that they did it. I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar. Movies! Recently, Eli Roth's film okay. Thanksgiving was released in theaters. And uh, uh, good on him. I mean, the film debuted this weekend with a $10.2 million take domestically and $2.4 million internationally, which means that the film uh, opened with a global debut of $12.6 million. It finished at the number three spot behind the Hunger Games and Trolls Band Together. It's not a huge box office win. It's not a massive box office win, and it's definitely open lower than some of the other top-grossing horror movies of the year. Five Nights at Freddy's, Scream VI, yeah. Mathrigan, The Nun II, Insidious the Red Door. I fucking hate the Blumhouse Conjuring franchise. Yeah. I, I, hate I all of them. Yeah, I, well, we've, just, we've talked about that. I hate the Warren. So yeah. I'm just like, oh, is that one of those? Yeah, I don't fucking care. Yeah. So um, it's it's not a huge box office win for him, but it is a really strong debut, and it's Eli Roth's best-reviewed film. And I'm really surprised by that because when it comes to, like, film Twitter and, like, film geeks and movie buffs, it has become very popular to shit on Eli Roth. Yeah. Uh, and for good reason, but like, I'm excited that he's he's got a big of a hit here. I'm just a little bit worried because like, it's a successful movie and people are liking it. How many of y'all have seen fucking Grindhouse? Seen what? Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Yeah. Because Eli Roth's Thanksgiving is a serious high budget take on his fake low budget slasher trailer from the movie thanks from the movie Grindhouse. And I'm just saying I'm I'm worried that a lot of people are going to this movie not knowing about where this movie came from. I felt the same yeah. way when Machete came out. I I, I felt I, I I'm when I heard of it. When I heard of Thanksgiving coming out, I really felt like he just waited too long for that. Yeah. Nobody's going to get it. And from the bits I've seen of it, the clips and shit, yeah. you had to fucking recast it. Yeah. Because you, cause too much time had passed. You, you made it get the so long ago. And match them up. Whereas Machete, yeah. it was at least close enough where Robert Rodriguez can use the same scenes from the trailer, which I thought was fucking awesome. Yeah, he turned. He, 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 I felt like with the movie Machete, Robert Rodriguez turned it into a game where he just put a bunch of funny scenes for a fake movie trailer. But then when it was time to make the actual movie, he turned the trailer into his fucking Bible and said, I have to make these exact shots. Shot for shot, scene for scene, line for line. I need to make this movie look like the fake trailer. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, in other news, Michael Rappaport is a piece of shit. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, hold on one moment. I, I do need to remind you that I have seen Joaquin Phoenix's penis, and I'm still afraid. Okay. Okay, that's... that's that is a frightening thing to just randomly drop in the middle of a Jeff, but we're going to continue. Uh, Michael Rappaport, actor and professional black afraid. man impersonator, Michael Rappaport. Yes. Noted leftist New Yorker and wannabe black person, Michael Rappaport. Um, he may have he may have lost it. Uh, we may have lost him. Yeah. Because uh, the dude has a podcast like every white male. And a few days ago on the newest episode of his podcast, he rallied against Hamas. Yeah. And it's like, what? You're against terrorists? Wow. Strong take. Yeah. And he said that unless Joe Biden addresses the rise of anti-Semitism in the United States, quote, voting Trump in 2024 is on the table. Wow. That's fucking so, insane and stupid. How did that come out of him? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, heard I, this. I, 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 I've heard this. I've seen this. Like, yeah. How the fuck does this come out? You know who Trump is. Yeah, we all know who Trump is. If we're this going is some to, bullshit, is what if this we're is. going to if we're going to be talking about anti-Semitism, like all of this is coming from him. It, it, it's just Jews' turn again. Whoever gets the headlines. Yeah gets the hate and yep. they're the ones who get attacked so you know takes the pressure off of the asians hmm. you know and the trans people and and the trans people although i think i think you're you're on a whole different level um it would never be a good time not to hate a trans person i'm a trans hispanic woman too that's even <laughs> That's even worse. Yeah. I'm a target of a target of. A, I'm a minority of a minority. Yeah, you know, you, you have Ridiculous. you have George Floyd. Well, time to step up to the plate, black people. You know, so well. So I remember. Remember, we they were finding all those black people lynched that we don't talk about yeah. anymore. You know, mm, they must. COVID, they must have. Oh, it comes from China. Them. Let's beat up Asian people. Yep. So now a country is having a problem with another country. So now it's time to beat up Jews. Yeah. I mean, I mean this is the hate that we formatted in the country across the fucking board. Okay? And it, I'm gets, having a... it gets highlighted according to the headlines. Yeah. I have a real hard time uh, 
with what's going on in the Middle East right now. As far as I can tell, um, the Palestinians were getting upset, so the terrorist organization Hamas bombed Israel, which is bad, because bombing people is bad. But then Israel's turning around saying, okay, we're going to punish and start killing all of the Palestinians. That's also bad. Right. But it's difficult not to say, hey, um, what Hamas did is bad without a massive group of people saying, hey, uh, you're being racist. But then also, you can't say, hey, Israel, maybe punishing an entire nation for the acts of a few rebels is bad. Like, you can't say that either. We're gonna because pick up then the pace, man. we got three minutes to put this mess to bed. <laughs> yes, yes, Q. Yes, yes, the Geneva Convention. Yeah, they are. They are literally committing war crimes, attacking Palestine yeah. as a whole. And bombing and targeting civilian areas, hospitals, churches, you know, and and making up bullshit. But the thing is, is like, fucking, I know the word anti-Semitism is getting tossed around. First off, if being anti-genocide makes me anti-Semitic, you know what? I'll take that. Fine. If that's what that means, I'll take it. Okay. But here's we're the not thing. Talking here's... About, we're talking about the same shit that we're always talking about. Being against an authoritarian right-wing fucking government who does horrible things. Because that's yeah. what we have. Fucking 78% of Israelis are against the Netanyahu government. Yeah. Okay? How, how many Jewish organizations have we heard say, yeah, no, dudes, this is not fucking cool. Yeah. So but, like, you can't say that. Call it You're not allowed to say that. No. That's here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Geneva Convention, okay? Um, just, that's a bad con. Just go to, like, Comic-Con instead. Yeah. That's yeah. a better convention than the Geneva Convention. Yeah. You know? But oddly, you can still get a hand job from a furry. Nice. Nice. That's exciting. So anyway, uh, less than a minute. We are going to be taking a short break. When we come back, we will be discussing this week's movie, uh, El Enigma... De la Utro Espacio. I don't remember what it was called in Spanish. Uh, the Thing from Another World. And it's going to be a whole bunch of fun. But maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break, Bunny? We should take a break. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Popon film after this. Dude. Oh. Oh, my God. 
e-commerce. But the internet has enabled the small business owner to increase his cash flow more than in the, in the past 25 years than in the entire recorded history. Republicans had cause to laugh today, and no, I'm not talking about Trump care. They're fine with that. The book, Reasons to Vote for Democrats, a comprehensive guide, released on February 8, 2017 and written by Michael J. Knowles, became Amazon's number one bestseller. The book, which contains 266 blank pages, has a loyal fan base who were more than happy to leave a review singing its praise. While many found the book informative, captivating, and the best book they have seen this year, others found that the 266 blank pages actually gave them nightmares. Some purchasers of the book found the blank pages too daunting and are anxiously awaiting the audio version. The GOP base, who vigilantly scrutinizes any and all events for even the slightest hint of conspiracy, concocted this very plausible scenario. Quote, I totally called that Dems would copy this idea and call it their own. Remember kids, if they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have standards at all. Unquote. In fact, this has already happened when liberal trolls released this book two months earlier. Why Trump Deserves Trust, Respect, and Admiration, written by David King, contains 206 blank pages. TPOF analyst Floyd Likes the Cox notes that it took Michael J. Knowles two months to plagiarize a blank book. While many agree with Mr. Likes the Cox, critics are quick to point out that blank novelty books have been a staple of the publishing and novelty industry for many years. They believe that this may indicate that the plagiarism could potentially go back much, much further. Those who are aware of the book Why Trump Deserves Trust, Respect, and Admiration repeatedly point out that that book never made the number one spot on Amazon's bestseller list. Research conducted by Satoshi Kanazawa of the London School for Economics and Political Science seems to indicate that Democrats prefer books that actually have words in them. In the good old days, this doesn't happen because they used to treat them very, very rough. And when they protested once, you know, they would not do it again so easily. Are you from Mexico? Are you from Mexico?
Are you a soulless monster stitched together with the bodies of the dead? Were you brought to life via a hideous experiment that was meant to usurp God's authority? Are you damned to roam the earth a soulless monster without a soul? Well then, simply try Chia Soul. Chia Soul. Simply spread the seeds, water them, and in a few weeks you'll have your very own soul. Chia Soul. Maker of Chia Pubes.
And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. I spaced. <laughs> and, oh, and I'm eating chips like a professional podcaster does during a taping of their show. Yes. Because I'm a professional. Um, so, like, I started Bigfoot and Wild Boy, and I was like, fuck, I didn't send the invite. I don't even have Zoom yeah. open yet. Yeah. It was funny. It's time, Bunny! It's time. It is yes. time. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to country line dance our way into the second half of our big show. And it is said second half, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new low-fat, no, well, some fat. Some fat. Uh, but it absolutely it's good, no. It's the good fat. Okay, it's a it's a ton of fat. It's a shit ton of fat. Yeah, there's so much fat, fucking fat. Uh, movie of the week, and this week it's the finale of Buntober, our yearly celebration of all things bunny. And this year we are spent. Ending four episodes celebrating the life and films of legendary Spanish director Pedro Almodovar. But since we don't know Spanish, we're celebrating his career by watching 1950s monster movies. And this week, it's The Thing from Another World. And right off the bat, let me just say, this movie, John Carpenter's best. Yes. This and They Live. Kurt Russell is just absolutely amazing. And you know the the color picture and the setting you can you can see their breath, you can feel how cold it is. Man, just terrifying. And of course, you know, the incredible special effects of the uh, changing of the thing. Yes, because, oh man, the original shitty thing, uh, they couldn't afford the shift the the like shape shifting, so they it was just like a tall plant creature. That one sucks. I'm so glad that we're discussing 1982's The Thing. I am 100% correct about this. Um, yeah, no, this is the Howard Hawks classic. What? From 1951. We're watching the crappy one! Crappy okay. one? This is an awesome movie. All things considered. All things considered. Yeah. It's great for an RKO film of its time. Yes. 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 Uh, well, before we get to this week's movie, let's talk about the man in question, Mr. Pedro Alamodovar. Here is a small biography of his life that yes. I myself have written. Now, I know that these past three episodes, I have just royally effed up the bio of Pedro Almodovar. I just keep messing it up. But uh, the fourth time 
the charm. The fourth time's even more of a charm than the third time being a charm. That's what they say. That's what they say. They say that. Yeah. So, uh, let's do this. Pedro Almodovar. Yes. Was born in Spain in 1949. His wife, his father was a winemaker, and his mother invented farts. Yes. She was the first person to fart. At the time, it was just, it was shocking. But you know how every time you fart, you've got to pay a penny? That's the fart tax that goes to the Almodovar family. Ah. Because Mama Alvadovar, doesn't it also sound like Mama Alvadovar would make great spaghetti and meatballs? Yes. Like meatballs that are like this big, like huge ass <laughs> meatballs. Um, Pedro Almodovar loved the cinema, and his first film was the Irish, highly controversial Spanish drama the oogie loves and the big balloon adventure yeah and he followed that up with a television special that lives in infamy i am of course talking about the 1970 star trek holiday special now everybody remembers the star wars holiday special but not a lot of people are talk about the star trek Holiday special, which starred Willie Shatner, Leo Nimoy, Telly Savalas, Tony Orlando, but not Don. No. And uh, Raymond Robert J. Klein. Johnson Jr. Yeah. Uh, Robert Klein, Diane Robert Cannon, Klein. the 1973 Miami Dolphins. Yes. Vicky Lawrence singing uh, Chuck Berry's My Ding-A-Ling. <laughs> and of course, Charlton Heston reading the, 19, the 1972 book Jonathan Livingston Seagull in its entirety. Yes. What an incredible special that was. It was an amazing, yeah. It really made you feel for the holidays. But something yeah. else about Pedro Almodovar that that people do not realize is that he he had a very rough time when he was younger, uh, living under the Franco regime. He was forced to move to China to become a panda when he was fifteen years old. Very sad. There was a lot of painful surgery involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he he lived as a panda up until when up until Franco died in what was that like seventy two, you know. So very he, sad. He spent like seven years as a panda. When Franco died, they brought him back to life, and that's where the term Frankostein came from. Yes. Uh. Antonio Banderas got his start, his real big break in the movies of Pedro Almodovar. Fun fact, he is actually a Bigfoot 
from the fields of Mexico that Pedro Almodovar caught and shaved. Oh. Yeah, people don't know that. No. But, yeah, uh, Antonio Banderas comes from a long line of, of big feats. And also, completely unrelated, the edibles may have kicked in recently. Ah. So, I got that to look forward to. 1982 is the thing, though. That's a great movie. That is a great movie. Fucking Uh, love that movie. Yeah, I, I, I would say his next greatest movie after that would be In the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness, I like that. But the thing is, but the thing is, man, I found this movie to be a weighted blanket. Yeah. I found this movie to be a wet sandwich. A wet sandwich. A wet sandwich. It's, it's, when I see this, all I see is a bunch of indistinguishable white men talking over each other. Yeah. Which I hate. This is why I never became a huge fan of the musical uh, The Phantom of the Opera by Andrew Lloyd Webber. I have a hard time paying attention when like four people are singing at the same time. Yeah. And I have a hard time when five different people are talking at once. Like they do in this movie, I have a hard time. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is you're in Antarctica, not Stars Hollow. Why don't you slow no, no. down they a little bit with Arctic. your dialogue? They were oh, on the say? other pole. Yeah, fuck. But um, it is interesting to watch. 1951s the thing from another world knowing intimately knowing the other the thing from 1982 and seeing yeah. seeds of things fun fact about but, this but, but, week's but movie this movie this movie gives gives the people what they wanted at the time here is the military a woman brings coffee you know? Yeah. And shit blows up. You know? There and is a I creature. Like, I... There is a creature. And the first instinct is, well, we got to kill it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to kill it. Like, uh, I would there like... was never once any attempt to try to communicate with it. Especially since you know it is more intelligent than you are. Yeah. Uh, I would like to give a special salute to an unsung actor in this film. Yes. Robert Nichols. Which one was he? He was Mac. Mac. And his face looked familiar and his voice oh, looked in, familiar. So I looked him up. He was Joe, the sidekick in This Island Earth. And be yours if the price is right. He was he was like a there was the the thick jawed deep voice for the moment. Uh hero, and then right. there was the other mousy guy. 
Yeah, Robert Nichols was the mousy guy in This Island Earth, and apparently he was also the mousy guy in The Thing from Another World. And I looked him up. He was also in Escape from the Planet of the Apes, the TV show The Addams Family, Westworld, and I'm gonna Bunny. I'm going to look now. No, no, don't look. No. You're not allowed to look yet. Because... um. His final film was a 1993 comedy. Can you name it, Bunny? 1950s actor Robert Nichols from The Thing from Another World and This Island Earth. Uh -huh. His final film was a 1993 comedy. Can you name it? It's a tough one. 1993. It's a popular film at the time that we may or may not have discussed, brought up here on the show before. Uh, ah, 1993. It's so weird to see this man who did movies in like the 1950s and 1960s, and then his career tapered off in the 1970s. And then his last film is like, fucking, are you serious? This man went from the thing from another planet to blank? It was a popular 1993 comedy. If I tell you anything else, yeah, then that will give it away. Was was okay. I keep wanting to say clueless, but I'm pretty sure that was '94. Yeah, and I'm leaning kind of toward Ed Wood, but you say popular. I'm not sure how popular no. that was. Ed Wood came out in '94. That was '94. We're talking '1993. You're in the ballpark, but you haven't said it yet. This is a tough one. No, no, I can't. I can't get the year. That was a, that was a fucked up year for me. That was a bad patch of life. Did you freeze? You totally froze up. Froze up. But it's kind of a nice shot. It's got kind of a Mary Tyler Moore vibe. You're gonna make it after all. We're having technical difficulties Trying to fill some time 
Maybe I should play something over again. But it should be resolved shortly. God, that sucks. That's why I never, never won a Grammy. Never once. And that's exactly why. Well, let's check out that trailer again. That's so wise. I saw it. I shot it. I hit it. I know it. Something happened. It just kept coming at me, making a noise like I got it. It was awful. You couldn't see those hands and those eyes. You've got to do something about it. You've got it. Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly? Baffling questions. Astounding questions that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Gentlemen, do you realize that we've found a being from another world, as different from us as one pole from the other? We can only communicate with each other. See? What happened, Doctor? In the greenhouse, I was working, I couldn't see. Yeah. Then a blast of cold air, and I heard Olsen scream. Come here. Get in the corner. Now hold this in front of you. Stay by the light switch. 1.9. Needles hit the top. Double back was on you. Huh? I, I don't know what to say coming back into the show. Oh, in we're back. Instance. Okay, we're back. tell me we're back. We're okay, back. damn it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you you just uh, game grumps to me. Um, yes, I'm back. I lost power, but now we're back. Hello. Hi. Hello. So, so I married an axe murderer. Yes. I hate that movie. Yeah, that was Robert Nichols' last film. Oh! Yeah, he went from this island Earth and the thing from another planet, the thing from another world, the thing from another world, to So I Married an Axe Murderer. He played the part of Scottish Minister. Isn't that something? Scottish Minister. Yeah, he had a long-ass career that man i love i i don't like joel episodes of mystery science theater but i do love the movie this islander you mean like mike. their version of it you mean mike yeah mike okay. mike yeah no i hate the mike episodes of mystery science theater but i love their their uh, big budget movie where they rip on this islander. So I'm a big fan of Joe, the weenie sidekick from like what? the first 20 minutes of the movie. Big what fan of his. What is going on with Mystery Science Theater anymore, though? 
I don't I know. I found it on Tubi, and they're like newer ones. Like they still have Jonah, and but then they then so, sometimes they have this woman. Yeah, and all the bots. It's still the same bots, but they all have different voices. Different voices. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not a fan that much what anymore. Happened. I don't know. But uh fun fact about this week's movie. The thing is almost a hundred years old. Because the movie thing from another world started out as a short story by author John W. Campbell called Who Goes There, which was released pause for dramatic effect, in 1938. Yeah. Which means that the story of the thing from another world is nearly a, a damn century old. That's crazy. Right? That is pretty crazy. That's incredible that this story has been along for, for so long. And also, the one thing that I love about this movie is that uh, one of the expedition people the spookily named dr voorhees okay is played by legendary disney voiceover actor paul freeze who was both the ghost host in the haunted mansion ride at disneyland and the narrator in the film donald duck in math magic land oh there's an oldie Love that fucking movie so much. And let me tell you, it's so much better high. <laughs> Holy shit. I got super high and I watched that. And oh my God, I felt like I was melting. It was incredible. So it's really interesting to hear like a uh, boring white guy talking, boring white guy talking, boring white guy talking. <laughs> yes, Donald, let us go to the wonderful world of mathematics. You know, and it's that definite voice of if you've ridden the Haunted Mansion enough and if you've been as obsessed with Donald Duck in Math Magic Land enough, you will know exactly which actor is Paul Freese. It's 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 awesome. He was also the voice of uh, Boris Badenoch. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Freese. I'm a big fan of his. Bunny, why don't you hit us with the plot of this week's film, The Thing from Another World? Uh, kind of some kind of military expedition, possibly a science expedition. I'm not sure what the fuck they were doing out there. But anyway, they just so happened to find a flying saucer embedded in the ice. Not quite sure, because it was kind of like, hey, look, what's that? Yeah. They they dig it out of the ice and then accidentally blow it the fuck up. Yeah. Good job, guys. You know, like, yeah, yeah. There, there was a flying saucer, but we kind of like, oops. <laughs> but they found, yeah. a, they found an alien in a block of ice that they, they, Brought back to the to their camp or whatever, their camp. It was like one fucking 
big house. Yeah. There was not like another house that we were aware of. And they break the window so that the room would get cold and the ice wouldn't melt. Yes. I like, think. like, what is wrong with, like, hey, let's just leave this outside? Yeah. No, so they had to break a window, probably because that, because outside shops would have raised the budget or something. Probably. But anyway, it thaws out, it escapes, the creature escapes. First guy to contact the creature, starts shooting at it, and runs away. Like you do, yeah. Yeah. And the creature runs away as well. And that is it. So now it's kind of like Jaws, okay? Where they're all talking about the creature, and what they're going to do about the creature, and all that about the creature. And every now and then, the creature pops up. Yeah. And again, nobody nobody says hi, offers him any hot cocoa. I mean, he's been frozen in ice, man. Warm him up. But he is he is a vegetable-based yeah. life form. And the only guy who says... So a Republican... Huh? Yes. And the only guy who says, hey, maybe we should try to communicate with this creature was the bad guy. Yeah. Was the bad guy scientist. Um, well, there's army guys. The, the, the token woman brings coffee. The scientist mm-hmm. guy is evil. And then they kill the monster. Basically, yeah, yeah. That's the entire movie. Yeah. Um, I love the I, little plants, though. Yeah, yeah, that was cute. And then they find an arm. I like. I apparently, according to um, IMDb, IMDb, I think is how it's pronounced. Um, they had some close-ups of the thing in the film, but they cut them out because it just looked shitty. Yeah. So very much like Jaws. Yeah. So we're not going to show this thing that much, and we're we're going to take a long time before you really get a good look at it. Just like Jaws where it's like, hey, we've got this robotic shark. Real shitty, though. We don't want people to see it. Basically, that's the thing from another planet. Yeah. I, yeah, I find that the, fascinating. It, not one of the best makeup jobs in the world. Not bad, but yeah. There's only so long you would want to see him on screen, and then that effect if, would wear off. If they if they remade the if they made the movie the remake in the early seventies, they could have just gotten Richard Peel 
Yes. Uh, yes. Egal would have made a great the thing. Yes, he would have. Yeah, he would have been amazing. So, so that's all I've got for the thing from another world. Do you have anything, Bunny? Um, I, I like, like it. the ending. I like it. I, 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 it's a different movie than than John Carpenter's thing. You know. Yes. Uh, but but it's it's fun I find in its own right, and of course we it's, got it's fun. It's got its square jaw leading man, who is in mm-hmm. like this is like his third appearance. Yeah, during Buntober. During Buntober. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? Yeah. I look so freaking cute right now. Oh my god. You gotta see where you you gotta see where you froze up. It was perfect. I did. I did see it. Was, it. it was Yeah, there's enough of a lag so that once it cuts off, I have enough time to make it to Twitch and turn on the volume to see where I ended it. I do it every time. It's wonderful. It was like it was like a magazine cover shot. You know? Yeah. I was so close. Yeah. I was so close to uh ending to nailing the exit from oh, uh, Jeff on the other almost one? perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I was no, I'm really close about to where nailing you froze. it. Were you froze? Oh yeah, no idea. Well the but the, uh, yeah. You you only missed it by a couple of seconds. Yeah. Well, right now uh, there's a little bit of a lag because I am uh, the power went out, so I'm using the hotspot on my flip phone. Uh oh. So um, there might be a bit of a lag right now between me talking and you listening to me and all that. Just FYI, it's because Damn of my flip phone. Yeah. So, yeah. uh. That has been Buntober. It has been fun. I love discussing the movies of Pedro Almodovar, and I especially love talking about the films of Pedro Almodovar while not having to actually fucking watch any of them. Yeah. So that has been fun. The Beast from... A shit ton of fathoms. That was the original name of our first movie this week. Yes. Um, oh, the movie them was actually originally written by a guy in Queens, and it wasn't called them. It was called those guys. Yeah. And then uh, last week it came from outer space. That could also be a really good porn title. Yes. Just, I can already see that entire film. And now, The Thing from Another World. I think that this has been a fun Buntober. Yes, it has. It has been an interesting... But we we got some time to kill, so I want to bring up a couple of other things. So, yes, I've seen Bo is Afraid now. Oh, Oh, you did! Oh, my God! Let's talk! That's where um, I saw his penis! Yes, I number one. Um, I am so impressed that 
in the 90s, I developed a crush on Parker Posey, and it finally paid off here in the year of our Lord, 2023. Is it, is it just me, or does Parker Posey and Elizabeth Banks look fuckloads alike? Yeah. I really have a hard time telling the difference between the two sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. That's really yeah. good. It's yeah. the day of the show, y'all. <laughs> so, what were your thoughts about the giant penis monster in the attic? Uh, it's so far into the movie that by the time you get to it, it's just like, yeah, all right, you know. Yeah, okay, sure. This, this yeah. is pretty you consistent know? with the ride we've taken. I'm always amazed that an A24 movie where it's like, I really don't know what the fuck is exactly going on here, but it's still compelling as shit. Yeah. I loved the movie Bo is Afraid. I legitimately liked it. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons why I like it so much is I oftentimes let my anxiety and depression control me in a way where I'm not really in control of my life. My life is something that happens to me. And yeah. I feel like Bo is Afraid is, some, is a movie about someone who is so full of fear and anxiety that the absolute worst thing happens. You know, when you're thinking like, oh, and, man, and I'm going to mess this up, like the worst thing's going to happen. But then everything turns out all right. This is Bo's worst day. Yeah, but he also, but he also, in his mind, has everything blown so far out of proportion. Like, yeah, yes, I can accept you live in a bad neighborhood. I don't know if any neighborhood is this fucking bad. I mean, you literally yeah. have dead bodies laying in the street. I don't know. Bunny, have you ever been to Tucson, Arizona? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I could use I've been a to snack. the South Bronx. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I fucking In love Bo is Afraid. In the 80s. Jeez, Louise. I love Bo is Afraid. I think it was it, it it's it's a three hour fucking panic attack. Yeah. It and is it a nonstop fucking panic attack, and I love it. And the movie absolutely bomb. And everybody yeah. was making fun of it, but it's like I fucking love this film. It's so weird and so bizarre. And so often when you go to a movie because of the you've seen the previews, you've read these reviews, you already know everything that's gonna happen in this movie. But Bo is afraid, like you could read every review in the world and still sit down at that theater and have no fucking idea what you're watching. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I yeah, and I, I wanna find out the deeper meaning of it all like the, the, like that picture of his mom was all made out of littler pictures of everyone who has been in the fucking movie to that point yeah yeah it's like wow that's it's, 
That's fucked up. It was the why weirdest would, why feeling. Would, why would his mom have a little picture of the naked guy who stabbed him? Yeah. Let me. It, it was the weirdest feeling in the world watching Bo was Afraid in theaters. And then when those silent credits start, people just slowly stand up confused and walk out of the theater. That was a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like if you're in an elevator and suddenly a raccoon falls through the roof on yeah. fire and then runs out. And now you're all like, what the fuck did I just see? I am so confused. I guess I'm getting out now. I'm a little yeah. bit high. And, and But there's still something about a lot. I still hate Ghost. But with a lot of the A24 movies, even if you don't know what's going on, they're just compelling. A ghost you story. Just have to, a ghost story. You don't you you don't want to turn it off. You want to see what happens next. Yeah. Even if you don't know what the fuck ever any of it is, and these are the movies that also make me think, "Fuck you, Martin Scorsese." Fucker. You know, get your fucking head out of your ass. Cinema is not just what you think it is. Yeah. Allow us our goddamn escapism superhero movies. By the way, have you seen the Marvels? Yeah. What did you think? I thought it was cute. It was cute? I thought it was I'll cute. I thought it was cute. fun. It, it's one of those Marvel movies where, like, you liked the movie, you didn't like the movie. There's going to be a mid or end credit sequence, which is going to fucking rock your world, and that's all you're going to think about. Yeah. Okay. But I thought the movie was cute. I liked it. Good. I it, it's well, Marvel as a whole is getting a lot of hate now, and Brie yeah. Larson has been getting a lot of hate for the longest fucking time. For the longest time, and I don't know why. Yeah. But okay, I mean, I think I think in general, Shit. while Marvel tries to be very progressive. Mm-hmm. And and very diverse, they still don't come off like they like women very much. Okay, go for it. We have about fifty-five seconds, but we've got this. That's the end of Funtober. That's the end of this episode. Next episode, we will be watching the two thousand and twenty-two Shutter original, Christmas Bloody Christmas. Spoiler alert: A Santa robot starts killing people. All right, I'm kind of excited for it. But that's next week. Now that I look back at this week, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, I think it's been a pretty good episode. Don't you think so, buddy? It's been a damn good episode. I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Maylin, and on behalf of Bunny and Jeannie and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you little kids, Adding things because they want to be in front of a camera. Do 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 do. Cut and a.